0: For a scout
1: Happy Friday and welcome back to the Words from the River podcast hailing from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. This Friday we'll be talking with Jonica Bradley. Jonica was born in Los Angeles and resides now in Texas. She is a writer and a poet as well as a bee farmer and a rancher. She writes for Medium and also for the Grit publication and she's currently working on a memoir. We are really excited to have her today. Uh, Jonica, thank you so much for talking with me today. I've really been looking forward to this. Um, Before we get into the writing topic specifically, tell me just a little bit about yourself.
0: Oh, I hate that question. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody Um, hates that question. (laughs) Yes. All right. So uh, as briefly as possible, I was born in Los Angeles. Um, I thought I was Jewish until I was nine years old, but I'm not. Ah. Um I lived in a in a Jewish neighborhood and everybody else was Jewish. So I just I tried to stay home from school one day, <clears throat> telling my mom, it's a Jewish holiday. And she kept saying, You're not Jewish. But I found the matzo bread. I, I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, from from there, um My mom remarried and we moved to Germany. My stepfather's a physicist and he was working on the superconducting super collider that goes through Europe. I attended German school um, and spoke German. I learned German in about 30 days. And when I was 13, so eighth grade, I came back to the States. I went from being in cosmopolitan europe in germany to college station texas oh wow (laughs) major culture shock in germany we thought texas was either little house on the prairie or dallas like everybody was riding horses to school and driving around in cadillacs with longhorns on them that's (laughs) we didn't know (laughs) (laughs) that's funny so um from there uh, I got, I, I went to high school here. It was really interesting culture shock. Um, I was pretty picked on. Oh, um, man. and then, uh, when I was 15, I left my mother's house. I gave my dad a choice. I said, I'm either going to come live with you or I'm going to run away to Houston and make money. However, I can. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah.
0: He had visions of Seven Eleven parking lots and <laughs> <laughs> So I went and lived with my daddy and I went to Hollywood high for the performing arts. Oh, wow. And I did not want to go there. My dad fancied himself a writer an actor uh, and a director. Uh-huh. And he did a lot of community theater um, writing scripts for community theater, acting and plays and directing them and all of that. Yeah. And um, I, I, I just wanted to go to school in East LA and be a chola with purple eyeshadow from, all the way up to my eyebrows. And oh yeah, <laughs> he had other <laughs> ideas. So I did that, and I immediately shaved my head into a mohawk. Oh wow!
1: Now that's because hard to I didn't want to be
0: in any. I did not want to be in a play. Ah, so, and I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, I ended up dropping out in my senior year mm-hmm. because I got clean and sober. I had been in an addictive lifestyle since I was about 13.
1: Okay.
0: Um and I got sober. I went to Narcotics Anonymous and I could not continue to go to school smack dab in the middle of Hollywood. Oh which yeah. Which is where, you know, all the junkies were. So <laughs> where all my friends were. Yeah. <laughs> so I dropped out and I eventually shortly after that moved back to Texas. Yeah. Um Reunited with my high school sweetheart and Aww. we had a baby and we got married, had another baby. And, um, after the other baby, although we didn't know it at the time, I, I developed postpartum depression oh, and I ended up not wanting him in, in our minds, in my minds, and I think probably in about everybody else's mind at that time in the eighties, yeah. um, postpartum depression meant that you didn't want your baby that you were going to drive yourself and your kids into a lake.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: that kind of stuff. It wasn't as commonly spoken about as it is now. And I wanted my babies. I didn't want to go in any lakes. I just, I wanted, I didn't want him. I didn't want to have anything to do with him. So I moved out to California. Um, again. (laughs) And uh, he followed me. Oh, wow. And I was writing at the time I was going to writers conferences and reading all the books. And, and I had a little spot, a little coffee house that I'd go and I'd write and um, he would come and sit with the girls while I went to go write. And, and he asked me one time, he said, can you just stay home this one time? Um, I want us to spend time together as a family. I said, well, you're seeing the girls. And he's like, no, but I want to see you too. And I don't want you to go. And I told him, if you really loved me, you wouldn't try and make me stay here. And he said, well, I guess I don't really love you. And we got divorced. Oh, fast forward 17 years. We got back together. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We got, he took me back. I broke his heart into 8,000 million little pieces and we got back together. And I'm, I'm still so, so grateful that he took me back. Um, He inherited 30 acres of dirt in in the Texas panhandle (laughs) and it's dirt. It's dust and dirt. Oh yeah. And we, we got a bunch of chickens and some goats and some sheep and we've got a working sheep and goat ranch now. Oh wow. uh, It's been 10 years and it's really, really amazing. And I'm writing again, so that's- Well, that's great,
1: that is great, that is great. Wow, so you have been quite a few places. Um, As far as creativity and um, writing in general, what do you think in your life, when did that spark of creativity and that desire to write things down start emerging?
0: Before I could read. Mm. Um, I would actually, and I started reading at age four. Mm-hmm. So I, I would tell my mom stories and she would type them, um, you know, with the little carbon paper underneath Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. 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 so we would have a copy. <laughs> and then I would um, illustrate them. Oh, wow. And so that was happening. I don't know when she started doing that. Um, I, I don't really have a memory of the first time she ever did that. But that that happened starting around age three, I guess. Wow. Three and a half, four. Yeah. It continued on into, um, even in Germany, she was still typing up my little stories. And, you know, like I said, I lived in Germany from the ages of nine to 13. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was. That's a good memory that I have of my <laughs> Oh yeah, oh
1: yeah. Um, do you think living in a, a different country like that affected the way you told stories or maybe the themes of some of your stories?
0: Or... Um, I don't know. I know that I was reading German translations of American authored books, for example, Uncle Tom's Cabin, Catcher in the Rye, um, around 10, age 10 and 11. Um, I did read some German authors. Um, I think I read, well, for school, we had to read Dr. Faustus. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, but that, I think that was in fifth grade um German education (laughs) um I don't think being in Europe informed my writing style okay I do think being in Europe informed my cultural morals I guess Um, yeah that makes sense um it it having more to do with um Nudity, um, less, less boundaries as far as the magazines in Germany, um, there will be topless women on like a news magazine, um, if, if it's called for, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, the yeah. The subject matter that the, the main magazine my parents got was called Stern, S-T-E-R-N. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it was basically like a Newsweek, I guess. But it it covered, it covered all kinds of topics that you wouldn't see in American public literature, I guess, or news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I was thinking as you were talking, it would be interesting. It's always interesting for me to think about what would I be like if I had stayed X, if I had done X. And Mm -hmm. I think um, about where I was raised. And for example, when I was small, if we had stayed in Mobile, instead of moving all the way up to Northwest Alabama, because even that distance, there are some different cultural things. Yeah. You know, if I had, instead of staying in college, like my parents wanted, if I had gone ahead and joined a pretty well-known singing group, and made that a career, you know, at least temporarily, what would have been different? And um, it's always interesting to think if you had just stayed in Texas, what would have been different? Probably not quite, not a lot of happiness it sounds like if you were picked on and bullied and that's always. Oh, but
0: it's it's so funny because uh, now, um, 30 years later, 35 years later, more than that. I I don't do math. It gets in the way of my writing hand. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm going to use that excuse. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, However long ago it was, I still am friends with many of the people I went to high school with. It amazes me how many people that I believed bullied me have requested my friendship and either have zero memory of, of what I remember or um, remember it, but didn't think that they were picking on me.
1: Ah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Somehow. And, 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 you know, if you, well, Mobile's quite a lot, I guess it might be about the same size as College Station, isn't it? Texas A&M, Giga Maggie's. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Yeah. So, so back in the eighties college station was a small town with lots of people in it. Right. And, and somehow I got the reputation, my freshman year in high school of not only being a slut. Oh my goodness. I was was a virgin. Of course. I, I didn't, I didn't even like to kiss, but I got the reputation of being a slut of having had, I don't know, something like eight abortions and oh having this goodness. secret baby being raised at my house by my mom. I mean, just all kinds of things. And I, don't, I have no idea where they came about. Um, age, Age and wisdom has granted me, in hindsight, I can see exactly where it came about. I was beautiful you were very beautiful i was very beautiful i never knew that i was beautiful um i i imagine i'm still beautiful i Mm -hmm. still don't know it you know I, i i cannot see what other people see when they look at me i imagine that um my at the time, For the Place, exotic history of having lived in Germany. And, oh, yes. You know, I was very well read, very well spoken. I spoke two different languages. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of jealousy. And, and yeah. you know, and, and, and teenagers don't know how to deal with jealousy. Adult women don't know how to deal with jealousy. Men <laughs> in the don't men But, <laughs> but um, definitely, they didn't know how to deal with, with any of that. So I tried to look back and see my picked on years as validation that I was something special. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think I think, sadly, that is how even still, especially young girls, deal with insecurity and jealousy is attack the source of that jealousy, so to speak. And, um, you know, it's that, you know, now we have all sorts of other ways to do it, like social media and everything else, but it's still, I mean, even without social media, it still hurt. I think, you know, people underestimate just because we didn't have Facebook didn't mean it wasn't tough to live through. (laughs)
0: Right. Right, right. But, um, well, we couldn't unfriend and block back then.
1: You exactly. Know? You didn't have a really a way to get away from it. And I don't think people understood the impact bullying could have. Um, I know back then it was just sort of a, well, this is what happens as you grow up. Just learn to deal with it. And, right. um, you know, which I guess has its pros and cons, but it kind of felt you leaving alone. You know. Right. Well, as far as um, some of your other life journeys, you, you referred to um, struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me if you feel comfortable, you are perfectly, it's, uh, you're perfectly within your right to say no thank you, but tell me a little bit about that journey and how do you think that shaped you in a way that maybe has affected your writing and creativity and the things that you deem important
0: to write about? Well, I believe my addictive behavior. Well, I think it's always been there. I think it's definitely inherited. Oh, yeah. um, my my mother would never identify herself as an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. No, she has one or two tall shots of vodka every night. She can't go to sleep <laughs> unless she has her vodka. Yeah. Um, and she's all about the beer. I mean, just she, she'll come here with two cases of microbrewery beer because, you know, my husband used to drink. Uh. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, my dad, my dad s- smoked a lot of pot and uh. he probably experimented more with other drugs also. And yeah. he was always very open about it. Yeah. Um, now my dad would have been 80, I guess. Not quite 80. Anyway. Um, Yeah, he died 12 years ago, and he was 70, so he'd be 83, I guess, now. Um, He was always very open with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Having been born in California um, in 1968, the tail end of the the hippie revolution. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, maybe smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah, more like
1: smack dab in the middle, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, but... um, so that, that sort of informed my, my parents' choices. My mom fancied herself. I don't know what, in college, she really rebelled against her dad, who um, her parents are Seventh-day Adventist missionaries. Oh and my goodness, this is so wild. <laughs> and
1: I'll tell you why later, but keep going. <laughs> so
0: They're Seventh-day Adventist missionaries. And when she was in college, my dad described her apartment as a pillow, a guitar, a bean bag, and uh, brick bookcases, you, you know, where you put the bricks in the boards and the bricks in the boards. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what she had. That, yeah. Those were her friends. And that's who he fell in love with. Oh, well, that's not my mom. <laughs> 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 that was her face. <laughs> but I think she was just, you know, I mean, the, the fashions of the time were amazing. and oh, yes, And so many non hippie people adopted hippie fashion. Oh yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um so my mom, I, she, no, not her. Anyway, I think that this this openness about it and also in Germany, the openness about um sort of the glorification of drug use in oh, a way. Wow. Um punk was really big. That's, you that's true. Yeah. And ACDC had just gotten a new lead singer because the old lead singer died. All the great musicians had overdosed, you know, um, either in my lifetime or, or before, just before my lifetime. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that, it sort of became a, a viable option for me at a very young age. Yeah. Um, now I should go back and say that I've been trying to escape my life, actively trying to escape my life since I was six years old. Oh, wow. Um, just before, no, I think I was in first grade, so I could have been seven, but, um, you know, I used to watch these shows, Starsky and Hutch or the Bionic Man, or, you know, these, these police procedure shows or whatever, and somebody would jump no. out of the no. or get pushed off no. the top of the tall building, and then they just wouldn't on the show anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't want to be on the show anymore. And <laughs> my dog hears your dog and is perking up. <laughs> yes, perk. <laughs> For
1: our listeners, I have a special extra guest. Our mascot has joined me today, and she's an attention hog. So I apologize for whatever you hear.
0: <laughs> um, so I, I climbed a tree, which looked really, really, really tall, you know, to a seven-year-old. And I climbed up as high as I could, and I jumped out. Oh, my. I did not want to be on the show anymore. I don't know. <laughs> That I don't know that I had an awareness of the permanency of death. Oh, yeah. But I, I definitely would say that I was trying to kill myself. I ended up breaking my foot. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even get a cast, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I think I have been trying to escape my life for a very, very long time. Um, I started smoking cigarettes when I was nine. I started inhaling cigarettes when I was 10. And I very quickly became addicted to nicotine, as oh, everybody yeah. knows. Um, I was really, really, really into the Narnia series oh. when I was a kid. I used to try and find Narnia in all sorts of ways. and I if i If I go into this garage or if I dive into this bush or you know and, and transportation in Germany was trained, so I'd get off at random stops <laughs> Just oh wow, land in Narnia um, and I think it was probably quite an easy step for me to go from that to a chemical escape yeah. um, that that happened, marijuana happened in the summer between 8th and ninth grade, oh. and there was no gradual buildup for me. There was no gateway or anything like that. I just dove straight into the deep end, and oh, wow. I was doing, within three days, doing speed and, and mushrooms and acid, and uh, my wow. drug of choice became yes, please, and more, mm. um, when i moved back with my dad i was 15 i actively sought out people that i thought were lower than me i I don't really know how to say it but instead of just hanging out with the the beach bums you know who also smoked pot I went for the homeless and the the punk rockers, the crusty, crusty, homeless punk rockers, oh wow uh, yeah, and that's that's who I surrounded myself with um, i'm not really sure why i've guessed at times that I felt so low and so discarded that yeah. i I was looking for my people yeah and and I found them um, yeah. I became addicted to heroin um, at the age of 15. I spent about a year and a half doing heroin before um, my dad. I didn't ever run away, like slam the door, I'm leaving, run away from my dad. I I just wouldn't come home. Oh, wow. And I would call him. I would call him and tell him, I'm okay, I'm just not going to come home. But I would see him in his car, in his little blue Toyota, um, just cruising really slowly on Hollywood Boulevard, looking oh. to the left, looking to the right. And I would just step back into the shadow so he couldn't see me. I did not want him to see me like this. Oh, wow. Um, one time I got, uh, I, I called him to come pick me up. We were at the Vine Lodge. I was coming down. I felt sick, I had a fever. Oh. Um, he did. He came and picked me up, and I went home, and I went to bed, and I was, I was shaking, and um, he took my temperature, and he said, baby, you're sick. You're sick, and um, the next morning, I woke up, and this giant blood clot plopped out of my <gasps> mouth,
1: just oh in the shape goodness. of my mouth. It was,
0: like, it was like a mold of my mouth. <laughs> oh, my I word. Had, I had gingivitis so bad. It trench mouth. I had gingivitis so bad that my gums just bled and bled and bled and bled on oh. So that kind of alerted my dad. Yeah. And he yeah. said, you know, baby, do you think you have a problem with drugs? Oh, no, 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 no. And he said, well, what's going on? I said, well, I think I'm an alcoholic. Somehow that was better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he says, well, what do you want to do about it? I said, just don't make me go to AA. Do not make me go to AA. He said, why not? I said, cause he'll make me stop drinking. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I, I did end up going to an adolescent care unit. Um, I got clean. I got sober. And I, within a year, I was sponsoring people two, three times my age. Um, wow. I was a know-it-all. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, Now, this whole time, this whole time of my life, I had been going to used bookstores and getting textbooks, psychology textbooks, and things like that um, to to read them to try and explain myself to me. Ah. So I was basically in self-analysis, you know, from a very early age. Um... So I had a lot of, I had a lot of psychology jargon that I could throw at these adult alcoholics. Uh Yes. I would, I would would just thump myself in the forehead right now if I came across (laughs) me. (laughs) Um, So that, that happened. I, before Keith and I got married, I had been well before I got pregnant. I had been clean, sober for three years. Oh wow! Uh, and, and since I wasn't living in California, I didn't really discuss it with anybody there. Back in Texas, yeah. Um, when I went to the doctor and and they were taking blood, and she says, "Why well, you have a lot of scar tissue right here? Do you give a lot of blood?" And I said, "Oh, oh yeah, uh, I give <laughs> plasma. Even I didn't even know what plasma was, but <laughs> <laughs> I knew it involved me." <laughs> so. um and and I was fine. I was fine. And we moved up to Montana and, and we moved back to Texas. And then I left Keith and I took the girls with me. Um, Kara was three. Kayla was two. Maybe not yet two. Mm. And I raised these babies by myself. Wow. Um, Kara then... I think it was just after her 6th birthday. Um, I just I ran out of steam. I was I was raising these kids. I was working full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was grossing about 1400 a month. Oh wow. Uh, that's that's about 1240 take home. That yeah. had to pay the rent and it had to pay their daycare. Oh. It was gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had Oh yeah. I had, like, at the end of the month to to pay utilities and and the car and food and phone and you know so and it was a struggle. It was a real struggle. Yeah. Um and I just ran out of steam. And I I think I had had, I had a cat and my cat got sick. Uh, She got she ate a rat or something and got constipated, and I thought she was just dying. And that somehow sent me over the edge. Oh, and, no, yeah, I... I, called, I called my friend and it, I said, you know, it's, it's 10 o'clock at night. If I don't hear from you by 1130, I'm just going to take all these pills and drink this bottle of wine and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and I didn't hear from her, so I did. Oh, my goodness. And the next morning I woke up um, in my bed puke in my hair just i mean the worst hangover that you can imagine oh wow had to clean it all up um before the kids woke up and saw it so i cleaned it all up and i was just sitting outside and crying and smoking and um my friend came home she she's a musician and she'd been at a gig she came home she didn't listen to her messages until the next morning. And she, it was probably noon when she heard the message from last night. Oh, wow. And it didn't specify AM or PM. So she called the ambulance.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And yeah. And I ended up in a, a mental hospital for several weeks. Oh Keith, wow! Keith was stationed in Colorado. He's in the army and he was stationed in Colorado and he just went AWOL and came and got his kids. And um, they lived with him after that. There's a much, much longer, more complex story involved in all of that. But I'm going to move back on to um, the drugs. After the girls were no longer living with me, I started uh, going to NA meetings to support my friends. Okay. And when I when I went to NA meetings, you know, there's a bunch of drug addicts talking about how it used to be when they were on drugs. Yeah. And boy, it just sounded good. It, it just sounded like I need that. My babies aren't here. It would be responsibly irresponsible, I guess, you know, yeah. because my babies aren't here. So um, I got into meth.
1: Oh, wow.
0: And... I stayed on meth, on again, off again. I mean, there were years when I didn't do it, but that became the go-to method of escape. Because Mm -hmm. if I did a line or if I smoked a bowl or if I shot a, a, I don't even know what it's called, shot a syringe full, um, I could literally for three or four days in a row just do crossword puzzles. Oh, wow. I would just, I would, you know, and so everything else just goes away. Oh, yeah. Um, I did a lot of art. I created a lot of paintings and, and sort of art collages and pieces, and I was selling them. Um, but, I mean, obviously, that brings a whole host of other problems. Oh, yeah. Um, Twelve years ago, when my dad died, mm-hmm. uh, I just... I went back down into that Mm. very, very dark place. And I was basically committing slow suicide. Mm. I just didn't care. I didn't care. Up until then, whenever, you know, the subject of drugs came up, and I had a lot of friends who were addicts, um, you know, they'd say, hey, you want to do some heroin? Oh, no, no, no. I don't do that. That was the bad one. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. So, um, yeah, that during the periods of sobriety, mm-hmm. I found it very difficult to create. Yeah. It, it felt like I couldn't be artistic unless I was high.
1: hmm
0: And there was such a fear um, that I wouldn't even get started. Mm-hmm. Now I I went um I went to college and art was my major art and psychology art was my major and I did really mm-hmm. well and I created some really beautiful things and only the first 6 weeks of college was I clean so, oh wow yeah um but then that also it also eventually turns everything black because you can't you can't walk away from whatever the piece is, whether you're right. writing, painting, or everything just turns you know to mud. Um, yeah. So after Dad died, and I went Phew, down in there, and then mm-hmm. Keith and I started talking again, and he took me back, and we moved out here. There hasn't been a single chemical. Well, no, that's not true. I, I'm on antidepressants, but, <laughs> you know, no illicit, no illicit right. Um, And it took maybe seven years before I could even paint again. Oh, wow. Um, and it took probably eight years before I started writing again. And um, Keith has been so supportive of my artistic endeavors. Um, I, I'm allowed to just like, allowed. I have set up my easel on the coffee table and just, I mean, paint is everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I've taken over spots in the garage and and hot wax crayons is everywhere. Um, Yeah. But he, he really, when he asks, when I asked him one time, what do you think I'm passionate about? He answered writing, creativity, art. Yeah. I mean, To to him, that's my identity. To me, I I was too afraid to embrace that identity. Sober. Sober. So, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. I answered a lot of questions. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, no, it's been, well, it's been a journey with a lot
1: of twists and turns and winding and, and while the journey, you know, is very complicated at times, I think sometimes a twisting, winding up and down roller coaster journey ends up opening doors to a lot of creative outlets as well. So it's one of those mixed blessings, bittersweet type things. Not,
0: my life has not been boring. I have a right. lot to write about. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, well, let's look, let's talk a
1: little bit about some of the writing that you're doing right now. Um, tell us about the different places that you're writing and some of the writing that you're doing and that you hope to do.
0: The different places physically where I sit and write or well, Different platforms. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, sure. So for years, Facebook became my outlet. Mm-hmm. I would write these beautiful, lengthy posts and, and people would say, yeah, you, you should, you should write a book. You should write a book. Yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> my mom. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, you should write a book. <laughs> <It's my laughs> I was also in um, private groups that, that were an outlet for um, journaling type stuff and, mm-hmm. and trauma stuff and a lot of that would just be stream of consciousness usually when i was very very angry or very very sad or yeah very very upset. and um that satisfied that satisfied that urge that i had to put anything down on paper last march um i completely left facebook now facebook was my only social media i I didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't fottle or twiddle or (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I I, I didn't even know that Reddit was social media. I didn't know what it was. I don't know know these things. Um, I'm Gen X. I'm, I sometimes lean towards boomer status, I think, but I I just, you know, it's just all, can you just give me a pager and leave it at that? Yeah. But I completely left Facebook for, um, my, my son was having discipline issues and yeah. that was part of it. And I, it was too hypocritical to, um, for me to continue to have my face down in, in the Facebook. And as a result of it, I actually started writing with a pen in my hand on paper oh, yeah. and, um, wow, it was so, so freeing. hmm Um, I was I was surfing around looking for daily journal prompts. Yeah. And I I came across a story um I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember who wrote it, but it was um something like use these quotes for better in your life, use them for journal prompts, whatever. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a medium story. Medium oh, okay. is a platform where you can read publications and you can write publications and you can write stories and submit articles and all of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much your listeners know about medium. Um, it was started by the people that created Twitter. Mm-hmm. They wanted the same sort of platform where you could just basically say anything, but they yeah. wanted you to be able to use as many characters right. as you need, not be limited by the the Twitter limits. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't know that about medium i i the 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 quotation story was linked to another story which was linked to another story and i ended up reading all these stories and medium told me well you've reached your your two-story limit (laughs) so i gave him five dollars i you know (laughs) i just (laughs) i just i just need to not smoke so much and my medium membership is paid for so right um and then I don't know, just reading stories on there, I discovered that I could actually write on there and yeah. I could get paid to write. What? Money, <laughs> for, what? Money for writing? What? Um so I wrote I wrote something. Um after after journaling in the morning and, and just, you know, free writing for half an hour. Yeah. Uh, this, this love letter to my husband came out. Now it's a feminist oh, love. Yeah. It's about um, that he is my knight in sweaty ball cap. Oh. Because, you know, he can't wear shining armor in Texas. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but um, and, and it's about how I'm not a princess that needs rescuing. I'm the dragon, oh. but he loves me anyway. Ah. He loves me because I'm the dragon, not yeah. in spite of the fact. And and I just wrote that, and I I just you know I told him I read it to him, and he said that's really good. He said, do whatever you need to do to get that up there. And I said, well, I need to hit submit or publish or something. And I did. <laughs> I, did I just I, I finally I just closed my eyes, and I did it. And that um, created another story called I pulled the trigger and hit publish. I think which, I've actually seen that one. Which was immediately curated and requested, the, some publication or other requested that I publish it under their name, under their yeah. umbrella, um, which informed another story <laughs> in, in verse, um, free verse, but it's a poem called When Strangers Clap and I'm Naked. And I've read that one too. <laughs> and I, um, I set a goal. I said, all right, I'm done for today. This is really scary and it's freaking me out. And, and I, wow. people are seeing this. People are responding to this and I, I don't know how to be. Um, so I set a goal that I would write every day and that I would work on stories and publish two a month. Yeah. I think, except for this last week, I've published at least two things every day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I haven't quit writing. Um, I had to stop. I had to take a break. My writing yeah. was just, it, turned, it all turned into shit. It just, yeah. it just went horrible. And the, the pictures in my brain could not come out in words. Right. Um, and so I knew I needed to take a break, but I felt so guilty and ashamed. That I had to say out loud that I needed to take a break and receive encouragement from other people in order <laughs> to be okay enough to take a break. Right. I didn't publish then and um let's see but I know really almost every day two yeah. two stories go up or a, or a story in a poem or whatever. Um, I also decided well that first month I was on I got paid. And oh, wow. and you know I had to do a little ah, money dance. I yeah. got um, <laughs> I got twelve dollars and forty eight cents. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> for two weeks of but that's twelve dollars and forty eight cents more than I'd ever gotten for any of my writing before. Yeah, uh, I did read the guidelines. Ogden Publications they publish Mother Earth News. Mm-hmm. written magazine, Utney reader, Oh, backyard chickens, maybe backyard chickens. A, a bunch. Yeah, yeah. A bunch. Um, and I read their guidelines and yeah. they, they said that they, you know, you can ask to be a writer, but they don't accept, um, unsolicited material. Also, yeah. if, if you're chosen as a writer for this magazine, um, you don't offer the story. They choose a story and they assign stories. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: Which sounded really intimidating, but they also pay a lot of money. Yeah. The guidelines there also said, if you want to have a greater chance of being recognized and accepted, join the grit blogging team. Oh, okay. So I went out on a limb and then I applied and had to have a story and Um, I hit send on the email and, um, waited and waited and waited, (laughs) waited. And so I figured, all right, well, they just didn't like my stuff. Yeah. Um, till I looked in my spam folder. Oh, don't you hate that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I looked and didn't just hit empty (laughs) Uh, because there it was, it'd been sitting there for about a week and a half and I... I, he said, this is great. Um, I basically took uh, a story that I had published on medium. Mm -hmm. uh, How old is too old to work? Um, Which is a personal essay about aging. I'm 51, I still have to carry 50 pound feed bags back to the barn. Yeah. So (laughs) how how long am I gonna be able to do this? Um, He said that the, the story was great. The writing was wonderful. But they they like to have instructional stories and, and sort of end on an uplifting note. So right. I had all these problems that I wrote about, but I didn't have the solutions. Uh-huh. I said, no problem, I'll fix it. And, and I did, and he loved it. He said- That's great. He described it as being deftly done. Ooh. Um, and I'm now a grit blogger. And- That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, every time I have one of these little successes, I panic. It hurts my stomach. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. Um, I think as long as the world views me as an underachiever who will only ever get a minimum wage job despite the... the numbers that follow my IQ, Um, as long as the world sees me like that, well, anything that I produce is bonus. But when I start, when I start becoming, when people start seeing stuff and approving of it and it becomes like a success, well, now they're going to expect it again. (laughs) Oh yeah, Yeah. And again, and uh, that, that freaks me out. Oh, yeah. It really does. Um, I've got a wonderful support group. My husband is so encouraging. Isn't I have, that great? I have quit my job. He says, baby, it's not all about money. Wow. Um, he really thinks that for the past three years that I haven't been writing, it's been because of that job. I was yeah. a caregiver.
1: Oh, that's was, draining. Yes.
0: I was caregiver to older people, um, and they started me at $7.50 an hour. Wow. And it wasn't the clients. It was the client's families, but oh. they all expected me to be a maid. And yeah, I was, I was the help. I was the housekeeper. I was the babysitter. I was mm. raising one woman's great grandchildren.
1: Oh my goodness. And then, yeah. That's I not the job like, description.
0: <laughs> every time they'd say something about the help, I just felt like baking a pie. <laughs> Full of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely <laughs> um, yeah so I I just quit I quit that job for health reasons I I just feel like um, since I quit my goodness I've lost weight yeah I, um, I my creative juices are flowing like I said it's it was just a couple of days ago that I took two days off after three months I mean I'm just
1: mm. yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thank you so much for
1: talking with me. Um, If you will go, listeners, to www.wordsfromtheriver.com, you can find out a little bit more about Jonica and where to read her writing, as well as links to a couple of um, her articles that are some of my personal favorites. Um, And I hope you've really enjoyed this, because I certainly have. And I just want to say thank you again.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. I enjoyed being here.
1: Thank you so much for joining us this week at the Words from the River podcast. Next week, I'll be talking with Helen Cassidy Page, who is a prolific author in several genres, and you won't want to miss it. Thanks again, and remember, you can always find us at www.wordsfromtheriver.com.